Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello. Thanks for downloading Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring. Uh, if you enjoy this free audio, you can keep the, the project going by helping us by downloading a video version of this show from gofasterstripe.com. Uh, you can buy either one episode individually for £3.50 or you get the whole series. I think there'll be seven in this series for £15. All that money will go towards funding future comedy projects. So please do that if you can. Or if you can't, just tell your friends about this podcast and hopefully they'll pay us some money. Or you can do other things like buy merchandise at Go Faster Stripe, whatever you like. Anyway, whatever. Sit back and listen to another excellent Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. Where does he get his ideas from? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's just eaten a whole large pack of giant chocolate buttons all on his own. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much! Thank you! Welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, or as all the cool kids are calling it, Rahel Lesterpach. Wow, lots of cool people in tonight. It's a packed house tonight. Uh, very excited. We've got a couple of uh, podcasts we're going to do. Oh, no, pretending the second one's from next week. Uh, that's what we do. I have just eaten. I just ate a whole big... 
you know, like the giant chocolate buttons, because that's more grown up in it than the little pathetic ones. You can pretend you're still a child, right? Because you can go, oh, look how big it is. It's still the right size for my tiny hand. Uh, and I kind of, I, I have a problem with chocolate. I do like eating chocolate. And, uh, and it was 65p for a regular size pack of uh, chocolate ones, but it was a pound for a big one. And I thought, well, you know, I'll just buy the big one and make that last. <laughs> it's like I don't know myself. <laughs> I have never done that, so I just ate them. I ate them all to the extent that I was three quarters of the way through and was feeling sick, and I was still eating the rest of them. So if I do throw up uh, during the podcast, I apologise. We are back with the, uh, the executioner is back, because we've, it's making a noise this week. Which we, we, we tried this out. I'll tell the people at home, the best name that was, people came up for this uh, was the Venus Williams flytrap. Bang. Yeah, see, it gets a laugh. They've all heard that joke before in the studio. <laughs> They still, that's how nice they are. They pretended uh, to join in. I can film them. I'm sorry, my filming has been weak. Because it's because I'm trying to do it with one hand. But there, look, I'm quite, there's the butlers. See, now, that's it. That's how I've got to get. I'm just practicing this for myself. This is a new lady. What's your name? Antonia. That's very sophisticated. I mean, more sophisticated than I thought looking at you, I have to say. So, um, <laughs> the people at home will know what I, what I mean. Uh, what do you do for a living, Antonia? good at the moment she's retraining to be a death services interpreter so i mean the deaf like rather than death like can't hear rather than services for the dead i quite like that little you could do a little sex service wanking off dead people uh no sorry that's just a different i had uh, i had a guy in my show this week who was who was deaf and he uh in my we're all gonna die and he lip read the entire show which i thought was quite impressive because i talk at quite a speed and i kept on doing if i'd known he was there i'd uh, but I did think, mate, he, was very, he said he really enjoyed the show, but I thought at the end of it, he might just have made up his own jokes. Might, that's, he might, might just, that is brilliant. He's, it's like he's seen my life and really tough. It was, it was really good. Oh, that's a, that's a nice job to do. Retraining to do that. Does that mean you trained to do it once and weren't very good? <laughs> now you, you did death first and now you're trying with death. Yeah, it's good. Don't do that. I'll do, I'm, I'll do the funnies. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'll be the Lempopic of this relationship. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> what did you do before, Antonio? You worked for social services. No, it's nicer working for deaf services. Is it? I don't know. They're, they're quite, both quite worthy jobs. worth than what I do. I'm a wastrel. Uh, so, uh, it's difficult to do topical material because we're recording these uh, quite a long time in advance for the people at home. Uh, but someone else has tried to break into uh, Buckingham Palace on the day we recorded this, which is happening, is it, why are you going like that? Was it you? <laughs> why were you pointing at the butler and going, well, hey, why was that about? You don't know. <laughs> you were all cocky a minute ago, weren't you, when the camera wasn't on you, now you've shut up. You work at Buckingham Palace. Do you, what do you do? You're a butler. Fucking <laughs> hell, there's another. She's a butler. She's a butler, he's a butler, and you're a butler as well. How many butler? Are you a butler? Are you a butler? So the butler's cut off. That's the, that's the butler cut off. What do you do? You work in IT. Yeah, that's why. You work in IT as well, right? Yeah. So really, you two, you're quite annoyed that these three came in, broke up the IT front row with their butling. Do uh, you see, because I, I actually, no one has ever caught me, but I got into Buckingham Palace and I've never made on... This is genuinely true. Look, obviously, Michael Fagan got into Buckingham Palace, wanked in the Queen's ear, didn't he? That's, that's what he did. No one knows if you know about it because you work there. That must be go-round, you wank, you got on the old 
No, you can't say the... You're not allowed to say, because it's the official secrets, but you know that that has got on the end of a bed, had a little wank in her ear. That's what happened. That's the story. Uh, and uh, uh, that other bloke got in, didn't he? The, t- the comedy terrorist, it wasn't, that was in Windsor, but he got into... Yeah, you know. You know. Uh, and, uh, but I got into Buckingham Palace in 1990, as I was writing for... Uh, this is completely true. Uh, I was writing a, uh, for the uh, Macmillan Encyclopedia of the Royal Family, which was a short... But unfortunately, it didn't do very well, because it came out sort of basically at the point where the Royal Family disintegrated, and so it was wrong the minute it was published. But uh, it... Uh, they'd sent me along to Buckingham Palace to get a pass to go into Buckingham Palace so I could use their library, which turned out to be quite shit. <laughs> I did use a toilet in there, which did have a sign that saying the Royal Flush, which I thought was quite amusing. Uh, so, uh, have, you been, have you used that toilet? No. Okay. Do you, are you allowed to go to the toilet? You're not allowed. You've got to hold it in until the end of the... No wonder you're looking so... <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but um, but I'd, I'd also at the time I was using a camera case as my briefcase. I'd won a camera case in an Empire magazine competition. And I was, so I had this big silver case, and it was the day that all the world leaders were going to be at Buckingham Palace. George Bush, the first one, the marginally less stupid one. Uh, and all the other world leaders were going to be there. And I walked in, they said, you've got to go around the side and come in the other side. Uh, and I thought they meant going front, uh, so I went along the front of Buckingham Palace and then into the central courtyard of Buckingham Palace, passed a bloke with a machine gun, just didn't say anything, just let me go past, got into the centre of Buckingham Palace, thought, ah, this probably isn't right, is it? <laughs> but I could have just gone in, gone to see if I could meet my, you know, Prince Edward, I'd have liked to meet him, see what he was up to, and uh, he was young, free and single in those days, and, and gay, in those days he was gay. <laughs> He was gay. Now he's heterosexual, which is good. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so I came out, and then all the guards, and I went to the guards, and they wouldn't. They no, none of the guards were doing anything. And I knocked on the guard room door and said, "I'm lost." And then they all laughed at me, <laughs> as if I'd fucked. They, they'd let me into Buckingham Palace with a, a massive bomb, but no one ever caught me. I could have wanked in the Queen's ear. I could have. <laughs> I could have been the new Michael Fagan. Anyway, that is a true story based on something that happened in the news some time ago. <laughs> If you are watching this at home, thank you for buying the DVD. Right, let's start with the video. Let's uh, get on with our first guest tonight, or our only guest if you're watching this podcast. Uh, he is probably the tallest guest we've had so far. We've had some quite tall people. Uh, he is best known for appearing in the panel show Don't Feed the Gondolas. That is what you're. Yeah, that's why most people will know him for here tonight. Will you please welcome Darrow Brian, ladies and gentlemen? There he is. Welcome. He is tall. There's a microphone there. You can talk to that, talk to that. You have to, you have to pick that up because otherwise we won't hear you. But, you know, you can, we can do mime. Yeah, that's all right. Cool. There we go. Lovely. How's that? Is that better? That's, that's lovely. We can hear you. How are you doing? And also delighted that you went that far back in my catalogue. I did. Uh, to find the thing for which I'm best known. It and is. Really, I'm really proud. And, they got, and also they got a cheer from the one Irish person in the audience it did. who remembers John Fisher Gondas. Do you remember the first yes. time I met yes. you? Yes, I remember. The first thing yes. you said. I remember this, And in fact, if you hadn't brought this up, I was going to bring it up. <laughs> because it would make you feel uncomfortable like it, it is right now. It yeah. is going yeah. to. Tell the people what you said about me online. I can't remember. I tried to find it today, but it was in my. I, uh, before I wrote my blog that I'd done for 11 years, I did do a very short run uh, tour diary of a Lee and Herring tour. I think this is where it was in. 
uh, in about 98. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, uh, so I was just sort of talking about... And I, mean, I became a little bit obsessed with uh, Don't Feed the Gondolas. Yeah, Don't Feed the Gondolas is an Irish panel show, um, yeah. which was made around the mid-90s, and it was, you know, made by about six lads uh, and for no budget and thrown together, and it looked really, really weird. And it worked sometimes, and sometimes it didn't. And it delivered some things that in Ireland I still remembered quite fond. There's Monica Lully from Ahaskara, this character that would do phone-ins at the end. The, and so the things people like. But it wasn't, like, the highest level of stuff, right? And you, you, like a bully, uh, <laughs> in this new online world. Uh, and I, uh, how I found this, like, whatever, because it wasn't, this is pre-Google, pre-Google, alert, but nonetheless I found your scathing commentary written in HTML 1.1, right? So really clunking thing that downloaded incredibly slowly. So the insults just slowly fill the script. You just, like, scroll into play line by line. Like, a, like, like the Vidi printer uh, on the results service your scathing review yeah. of it would slowly character by character be presented to me across, and I'm waiting for the twist where he goes but for all of this it has its own charm and that never arrives <laughs> Because yeah. you, you're, listen, you, you, you rightly you went, it's a bit rough. Yeah. Well, like, cause it was weird because you didn't, no, I sort of didn't think that writing a little, you know, again, a little diary on the internet, you sort of forgot that people might actually see it. I never dreamt you would the see it. The internet is written in ink. <laughs> we have learned nothing from the film, the social network. We have learned that from that. Well, bit, this was yeah. 1998 before anyone was really on the internet, so I was surprised. And I think I just, it was me, you know, writing about what happened on tour, and a lot of what happened on tour was I got drunk, ate curries, and then watched late night TV in the hotel room because I'd failed to have sex with any women uh, and so and then this was on at 2 o'clock in the morning on some cable this channel too much it was too much of a mountain for us to climb to turn around that mood uh, <laughs> that post sad wank uh, <laughs> it's a low rent hotel you're mourning the death of your double act uh, and you're sitting there Going, this is so awful. And then we, who are trying to make it, you actually went on about. I have a, a noticeable verbal tick, yes. uh, which is, which I would like you. Know, this bit where I go, eh, right? Which is because I was bullied savagely for many years, and it became a coping mechanism. And so it hasn't. Fuck that. Uh, so, <laughs> but I'd like that to suddenly seep out through everyone who built a drinking game around it, or who commented on it. Like it's a, it's a. Poor attention-containing thing, right? Would you comment on that at some length? I did, okay. yeah. And then, and then, and then <laughs> well, I do it all the time as well. That's the delicious irony. Yes, I didn't realise it is, but not in print. <laughs> no. but it would have eaten up even more of the massive memory space uh, of my 1998 PC. Uh, but I emailed you, didn't I? Well, I met you. I remember meeting you, and you t- in, in the uh, Pleasance Dome. I think it must have been. I had already emailed you. I, you there were contact details, and I sent you. I <laughs> chose the words to be as humble and well-meaning to make you feel as shit as possible about the said, Oh, man, I said, that's a pity because I'm, like, a huge fan of yours. Uh, but, you know, we do our best and we hope some people like it, but we're humble about our little efforts, but you keep going big BBC star uh, with your work and really keeping grist to your... That was the yeah, gist of it. Right? It was. It was rubbish, though. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> but, uh, Relatively But, uh, yeah, I think you might have had the last laugh uh, <laughs> it's just about uh, this that once happened to me with I went to I don't often get invited to stuff and I got invited to the Simpsons the movie of the Simpsons a premiere and I was very excited about that that's amazing I've been invited to the 
I love that yeah. show, and it's, you know, have they invited me? And it was out somewhere, it was like in the O2, I think, and they had like about 20 cinemas there, and they were all doing the preview. They were all doing the premiere, so it was like thousands and thousands of people been invited. And then I said, well, maybe still, you know, Matt Groening or someone will be there. And uh, either Joel or JK from JK and Joel, I don't even know which one, I think Joel... Joel from History doesn't record about Joel or JK. Radio 1, even at the time, at the height, were not very successful Radio 1 double act uh, DJs. He came on to introduce the Simpsons movie, and then I wrote a blog about how pissed off I was about that. I was thinking, at least I could have had someone dressed up as Lisa in a big costume. That would have been better. (laughs) Waving at the start of the film. Uh, (laughs) And then then Joel, let's say it was Joel, He then emailed me to say, oh, thanks for that. That's great. Thanks for taking the piss out of me on your blog. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of yours. I don't think he was. I think Joel had Googled himself and found it. I can't be for that. I, um, think, I think of that then. I may have met them or another double act coming out of a radio station yeah. in London recently. Uh, and I said, oh, how's that? And I said, oh, man, it's new owners. New owners in there. And they are cutting the place. We're all going in and we're just, we're all being given our cards, right? And I said, oh my God, it's terrible. And then they walked on and I met somebody else and said, yeah, only, only those who have been fired. <laughs> 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 it's a kind of a short-sighted lie, really. Isn't it? They're going to probably tune into the radio station. They might have thought, they might have and they might have done a big solidarity that we'll see you, we'll see you down in the Crown and Anchor and, you know, we'll have a drink about the good old days in this place before the corporate suits ruined it. Yeah, yeah, Joe Kay, we'll see you in a minute. Right. Uh, well, I got to go on air for the next ten years first. Uh, so today you were tweeting about a, um, a website called uh, Dear Dirty Britcom Confessions. Yes, yes. Somebody uh, sent me a link to it last night. Which is a, uh, a slightly odd website in which people uh, reveal their fantasies about comedians. About comedians. Their sexual they're, fantasies. Their sexual fantasies. They're, they're sometimes quite brutal sexual <laughs> yeah. fantasies about comedians, and you wouldn't expect it. Uh, <laughs> so both, both the nature of the fantasies and some of the comedians who get name-checked, obviously Jack Whitehalls of the world, I get that, you know, the yeah. Russell Brands and the Russells generally uh, <laughs> will, get, will get this. But some of the ones that I... There are four pages of ones about me, which I find... Exciting and exciting yeah. and, 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 and counterintuitive in some ways, but yet uh, I'm wise enough to go, yeah. I'll, to, I'll just give an example of one of the ones from your pages. <laughs> Dara Breen, if you would like to slap me in the face repeatedly with your erect cock, I wouldn't protest at all. I, I wonder how, how long, long you how could long do that. Could I, do that? Before, I think they would start for a small amount of protest to carry. Before they're like, this is great. Yeah, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, okay, okay. You know? Okay, it's, it's stopped ticking my boxes now. Uh, We're in the supermarket. Come on, let's. I'm my grandma's work, you know, I'm like twacking away. Just, I, it would be a question of, because you know, I'm not a young man. Could I sustain that? Which of us would wilt first in that situation? Would it be their desire to see this fantasy come real? Or who would just get bored? I, I would presumably very quickly, because I'm probably not even attracted to this person, I'm really just doing it out of some weird sense of fan loyalty. Uh, you know, for all the times I've said, no, I haven't got time to do a photograph now. Yeah, I think, no, you, you get all of that now. Yeah. Right? You get me with a twack every, as long as you need it, honey, uh, sir, whatever. Uh, uh, 
Because that is the thing. Because we don't know we if, don't it, know. if it's we a straight or gay. We don't know it at all. It'd be actually even more charming if, if it's gay in many ways. But the uh, but it would be the, <laughs> even more charming. <laughs> <laughs> the charmingness level of I want to be thwacked in the face with a red cock yeah. would go beyond the ten it's at yeah. uh, into a whole new scale of charm. Because if it became if you became flaccid at any point, then that wouldn't be within the terms of the contract. No, I'd be furious and go, this isn't erect. I have a very limited amount of interest in being smacked in the face with your flaccid cock. For a start, you've had to shift positions now, uh, and you're distinctly higher than you were, right? And it really, you're really more nuzzling it. You're more, you're more draping it over my face, and then, and then back again, and then just smearing it like a, like a child doing finger painting. Uh, Another one. I'd quite like to do this one these are my earlier comments I want to lick chocolate off of Dara's head <laughs> yeah. it's not, I think that's just somebody who really likes Maltesers yeah. they're thinking what, what would be the most like a gigantic Malteser I could get I'm, 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 I'm one of those bald men who shaves his head though, and like, or shaves the other, but yeah. still with like blade one, blade two. That would tickle the tongue after yeah. a while, I think. I don't think it would be as satisfying. If I had a, like a natural cleft or dome in my head yeah. that they could pull the chocolate in uh, and then scoop it out, yeah. uh, that would be good. You've more, I presume, there, do because I have a personal favourite I was going to mention. But the, uh, go on, do you have more? My next one? one is, which I might get you to do just to make this person jealous. I want Dara to touch me with his giant hands. <laughs> I mean, do that to anyone, Jonathan. Ah, the giant! Look, I'm dancing around on his palms! <laughs> what was your favourite one? I didn't see there was there. Uh, another one? I, uh, which is a surprising theme of what's on a slash fic which is uh, porn written by fans where they put characters together, like it'll be Harry Potter shags somebody else from the Harry Potter universe I know uh, and uh, there's a lot this one ties to a, to a theme that appeared in a lot of the Mock the Week slash fic uh, <laughs> of which there is a, a, like a, a, quite a healthy uh, amount the, uh, but this was well, one of those things was I would like to watch Darbine and Ed Byrne fuck each other yeah. uh, which is kind of weird because yeah. I'm very close friends with Ed <laughs> best man at each other's wedding and yeah. stuff like that but for some reason that crosses over into some sort of really weird kind of Irish on Irish yeah. thing uh, but what, some people one Irishman is not enough. No, well, actually, one she, this person didn't want the, either of us, but no. just, you know, I want to see the two. Just anyway, the, the weirder ones actually aren't me, obviously, although that is on the scale of weirdness, possibly, on the spectrum of weirdness. The weird ones were ones, that, the Harry Hill one, because I, I clicked on a lot of these. There's that one of just Harry Hill going, oh, I would like him to do me in the suit or whatever, right? Uh, and one was, I'd like to be wanked by Stoufer the cat. Uh, <laughs> And Stoofer's a really, really rudimentary. Yeah. I mean, you mean you get gain purchase with Stoofer. Yeah. Uh, it's not like, you know, monkey or one or like one or, or it'd be like what emu. There's no one that said I'd like to be wanked by emu. And three of them were for John Le Missourier of Dad's <laughs> Army. When he was alive or now or now. Yes. yes. Temporarily, temporarily in the world of, right. of the complex, the complex walled garden that is female sexuality and its many, many forms of expression. The guy from Dad's Army pushed the button for three separate women. Right, I'm sure Stuart Lee would happily wank anyone off with Stufa. Um, <laughs> 
or the, yeah, the controller. He'd be more like the ventriloquist dummy guy. He would like, uh, but uh, none of mine were very interesting. A lot of mine would would get you know a double act on double act yeah, sex. Yeah, yeah. yeah so happens. either Collins and Herring or Lee and Herring. Yeah. But often of the uh, funnily enough, again in the nineties before the internet had really taken off, we did get a fa- sent a fanzine. Uh, about, there was a cartoon fanzine which included a cartoon strip uh, that was based on a true story of two teenage girls who had uh, be, pretended to be me and Stu and then got off with each other. Which, you know, if you're going to have that, that's not a bad way to go, is it? That's, uh, if, if, so they'd snogged each other pretending to be me so and Stu. Yeah. That's really. That's <laughs> so it's really on how many weird. levels? Yeah. Of, that's um, really strange. Yeah. That's really but we weren't invited along to, <laughs> to watch. They were like. Sit 17, probably. Uh, so, <laughs> it was the 90s. Different things were allowed back crazy then. Times, they were crazy they? days, weren't they? No one minded. Crazy like... times, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when the book gets open in our generation, Richard, there, there'll be some. Yeah. <laughs> you do a lot of hiding in plain sight, I see, but nonetheless. <laughs> so, um, I, I have played that game, by the way. I was sitting wondering who of our generation in 30 years' time. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, who will be most likely to be the nonce. Uh, uh, this. <laughs> Of this generation, you know, yeah. it, it does. It whiles away in a tour, you know, when you're, you're killing time on a long drive, <laughs> Nottingham or whatever. You do go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's all, you know, I'm the, you know, the man of the pound or whatever. But I bet, yeah, I bet that a lot. Like, I, I can't obviously for no, we can't really this, right? Okay, we can't right. really just say those names. No, we can't. Uh, Although, we... wow, now it seems we both know names. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, please, God, let nobody be done, because you'll all go, oh, yeah, I remember. They knew. They knew even then. And they, ha, 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 had a big laugh about it. Oh, 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 they said, Jimmy Carr, paddle the fit, paddle the ankle, and ho, ho, ho. Funniest thing in the world to them. And then we find out he's history's greatest monster. Uh, The police have got such a backlog, it's kind of reassuring to know if you are one of those people, you've got 30 years to go before you're going to get caught. So, you know, make sure you get them all in quickly. But, you know, given some people are being, are being arrested and, and it not be the case, yeah. right? So therefore, anyone could get the knock on the door. Yeah. There must be an entire generation, right? <laughs> sorry, sorry, the Barry Clifton in the ostrich costume, just running forward and back going, please don't be, please don't be, please don't be, please don't be, like, whatever. whatever. You know, it just, to be incorrectly mentioned yeah. in this kind of context would be hideous. Yeah. Yeah. So just play off, you know, Bernie Clifton. I have no idea why. <laughs> Bernie, yeah. You're suspicious of anyone, basically, who has a puppet of any kind, which I think is probably a good rule of thumb. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if you got a room full of ventriloquists and puppeteers and threw a dart, you would probably hit a paedophile. <laughs> That's not saying all of them are paedophile. Well, Some can, of them just love puppets. Can, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We can specifically, obviously, exclude anyone who call their puppet either Nucky the Bear <laughs> or Spit the Dog. Because <laughs> neither of those names would have anything ulterior or strange about them in a sexual context that could be used anyway. Yeah. Go on, make the dog but spit. But Rod Hull's actual act... <laughs> was just to grab Broke. small boys' penises with his hands. <laughs> that was his act. Sure, he had a, he, the line. He yeah. had a bird. That was, I remember that watching bird. it. It was hilarious. Rod may be gone, but the bird is very litigious. I would, I would, I would roll back those comments. You yeah. can't libel the dead. I know, I know. Well, I knew <laughs> you Rod. Can't libel the dead. I knew you Rod. Just say whatever you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Emu Mesu. Because uh, Emu is still alive. <laughs> But uh, you know that was. I remember watching summertime special, and he would just you know that was a bit of harmless fun. It was the emus doing it. <laughs> so, 
So the, the interesting thing about you, most people have lies on their Wikipedia page about them, I notice, yeah. when I go through, and I can usually spot them. Yeah. For you, I always do look at the imdb.com to find out the things you've done, and there are a lot of lies, I think, on your IMDb page, which is right. quite impressive. So according to IMDb, you have nicknames, yeah. uh, which may be true. Uh, the Chortle Monkey, is that a real No one has ever, really <laughs> no ever, ever uh, called Dobby, is anyone ever called you Dobby? Dobby, Dobby yeah, I can see do, that. Yeah, yeah, Ed does, yeah. Ed calls him Dobby, Ed is Mrs. Comey Dobby, yeah. yeah. And uh, Penis Sausage. <laughs> the Penis Sausage is because they resemble a penis sausage. It was. <laughs> there was a small town in Lincoln called, uh, it's in Ireland it would be pronounced Louth, it was pronounced and Luth, I think, or Louth, yeah. or whatever. Uh, and... The uh, Olympic flame came through the village uh, on its run down to the you know to the Olympics, obviously. Yeah. Uh, rather than afterwards, when there'd be no interest at all, <laughs> the f- a flame is still gigging. We couldn't get to enough towns, so we're doing another three months of just looping around. So the flame was on the way uh, to wherever the he sent for the for the Olympic Games. Went to this village of Louth, and they're very famous for the production of sausages. Apparently, right. this is you know they're Lincoln sausages. So they're all made in that small village, and the mayor wished to celebrate this, so she got a six-foot-long sausage costume, uh, and she got into the sausage costume and ran along the Olympic flame. Now, if you can imagine what a six-foot-long sausage costume looks like, it's just a penis. It is just a penis running along the road beside the Olympic flame, while local photographers try to frame it as as fanta- either remove it completely or really favour the penis uh, with the Olympic flame, right? But it was noted that I looked like it's difficult to do this non-visually that yes. I had a phys- certain physical resemblance to this penis sausage. Oh, that seems unfair. Dobby, I can see. Dobby, that, yeah, you know, okay. penis sausage. Imagine being slapped in the face by that. That, uh, that would be... Quite something. Uh, another thing that IMDb claims: um, <laughs> you once helped. Re- uh, no, I know yeah, this, it's not true, but I know. Yeah, I know they they once helped the RSPCA rescue a wild goose from a tile shop. Yeah. <laughs> I have is there no any idea truth in that? What the genesis of that is, <laughs> uh, and the thing that makes it brilliant, right? Not just that I would help the RSPCA in rescuing a goose, right? There's a goose There's in a, a shop called Harrogate. <laughs> I'm at home and I go, where, where, where's the goose? Yeah, I'll be there in eight minutes. Uh, and I get into a really fast car and seven minutes later I get there. Just as the RSP are turning up and they go, thank God you're here. Because right? uh, we need you to do the beating, uh, the sound, and then, and then to, to, to lure him out. Uh, as you do that call, that goose call you do so well. What unique set of skills would I have in hunting a goose? But not just that. But the sheer specificity of it being not a shop, but a tile shop. Because I don't think I've ever been in a tile... I've been in places that also sell tiles, but I've never gone to miles of tiles. Uh, and like, and the, the one time I would go to a tile shop is to say, I'm sorry, I'd love to help you, but there's a goose here. And I go, well, you're fucking lucky I arrived here, aren't you? Because I have a set of unique skills that allow me to track and trap geese. Oh. Call my friends in the RSPC. I have no idea where it came from. I absolutely adore that. As a <laughs> I did once... We once... Uh, my wife did this more than I did, uh, rescued an angry parrot. Right. Yeah, and put it in the garage. Uh, because she walked out one day from the house and there was a parrot 
sitting on on the you know on the front on the fence of the front of the house, right? And so she brought it in and put it in the garage and called the RSPCA. That sounds to me like you once imprisoned a parrot. <laughs> I don't think that's a rest. There was once a parrot outside, and then you took it and put it in your garage. So you once kidnapped and imprisoned a parrot. Yeah, she saw the opportunity. <laughs> so finally, for years, I've had this net here uh, and this and these doubloons. Now I can lure him in. But no, and, and we brought him in, and, and the parrot. Then she, then she there's a photograph of the parrot sitting on top of an old bicycle, being really angry. Uh, and then the RSPCA came and said, "Oh, you know, that happens all the time. People get rid of parrots. Parrots, you know, parrots are apparently aren't that pleasant to have." Right. Yeah. So there's no. It's an odd play to make up a lie and then hide it in the imdb.com, which only really would let get yeah, looked at by me. Yeah. It's like it's someone. Kind of, it's weird. Those things are kind of useful because yeah, there's there lies like that, and because there was a series of them at one stage on IMDb that would turn up in every interview. One that I was related to the to Michael Collins, the uh, legendary Irish freedom fighter Michael Collins, which I'm not. Uh, that I fly Aer Lingus for free. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I just turn up and go, hey, 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 do this, do the circle around the face thing. <laughs> I think, I think you know what I'm here for. And they go, no problem at all, Dar. Why don't you get onto the conveyor belt uh, and we'll just bring you down to your play, right? And that I collect vintage Coca-Cola cans. Right. They, uh, and it was always a mark of, a, of, of how well researched the interview was when these would appear, right? So they became like the, uh, the die gun at the end of speed, right? That you would mark an interview invisibly with this stuff and you would know how good an interview was because it would go, and it would be all over the questions and you'd be able to spot the genesis of the question. You go, yeah, I know you got that. I know, yeah. how, I literally, I know exactly how much research you did for this interview because you'd be like, uh, who's on? Click, click, click. Ah, oh, goose. Nice. Uh, let's go. Do your goose story. Go on, do your goose story. Yeah, that's but if enough people repeat these stories, you might be able to go to Aer Lingus and just go, look, it's on the internet, I do travel for free. <laughs> well, no. So we better let you off. There isn't room, we'll have to throw someone off. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Michael Gambon. Michael Gambon used yes. to invent things in, store, in interviews because he got yeah. bored during interviews. Yes. Uh, and so he told people once that he um, they said, how did you get to show business or how did you get to acting? He said, well, I used to be a dancer, but I fell into the opera pit and sprained my ankle uh, and had to give up dancing and I couldn't bear so I became an actor instead and that he saw for years afterwards he saw that and repeated again and that he used to carry around a photograph of Robert De Niro that he bought uh, and signed uh, to, uh, to all the best Bobby and he would show it to people as yeah I'm really good friends and he would take this photo out and it was there there you go and they go oh to Michael from Bobby all the best and they would go oh wow I didn't know you were friends with Michael like the other way you always carry out a signed photograph <laughs> by your friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's better, yeah. That was the thing that made me suspicious. I might get, I might get you to sign me a photo. So I go, yeah, I am friends yeah, I with him. I am actually friends. I'll underline <laughs> actually. I am actually a friend of his. P.S. If you need a, go- a goose mode, uh, well, good. Well, I wouldn't ask you the rest of the questions I've got off. Of, uh, Wikipedia, which is the only place I look. You uh, hold the world record. I think this is true. Right. I think I've heard this before. You hold the world record for performing the highest gig. Yeah, we did a gig uh, for Comic Relief um, on a plane. Aer Lingus? And, uh, no. But I, but I didn't have to pay for the trip. Uh, which is as well, because presumably we just went up, turned around and came back down again. Right. Uh, as me, me, Jack Whitehall and John Richardson. And then they did the they did they got two singers to do a possibly higher one after that. Oh, yeah, I know. Fuckers. But we're still in, you know, we're still, still the highest comedy gig. Yeah, exactly. Until some prick does a higher one, right? <laughs> uh, and it'll ruin it. But the uh, 
But it was, um, yeah, it was very, it, it doesn't work though, you know, because you're in a fucking tube, right? <laughs> so f- bar the first three rows, no one can see anything. That's why they stand every 10 feet to indicate where the fire exits are, because they just took one person at the top, everyone at the back would die trying to find out where the fire exits were, right? So the gig was a bit shit. <laughs> and then we had to walk down halfway down the plane and repeat some of the stuff again. They, they, they'd hear it. Like it, was a, it, was a, it was a poor idea, yes. but it was a you know, pleasant afternoon. And were you selling duty-free as, as you went down? <laughs> as, as the gig went on, people were trying to shift those fucking teddy bears uh, dressed in pilot's outfits. Uh, and you're going, give it a break for five minutes, people. And the show... It's a perfect height, though, while doing that gig yeah. to slap someone in the face with your cock. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is the best of it, to be honest. And so for some people, it was a dream come true the entire time. <laughs> t- I was sad. If you're going to say, I got, when I went to Armenia recently, I was talking about this, uh, we got fly business class to Armenia, which is not that great. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, this is the worst, it was actually the worst seat to sit in the whole plane, 1A I sat in. And it just means every time anyone, anyone goes to the toilet, anyone comes through, I was just getting hit by people. A man actually fainted onto me. And nearly, I mean, I thought he died. I was on a plane. And this man, I was just, and a man fell, hit my knee with his head and then fell to the floor and then was just dead. And I thought, well, that's a, and then I was thinking, but actually what I was thinking was, oh no, we're going to have to land somewhere else and let him off. And I thought, well, if he's actually dead, though... He's not going to get undead quickly, is he? They could just strap him into his seat till we get to him. But if, he's, if they could rescue him, that's really going to inconvenience my day. Yeah. So I, I take it while you're thinking this, you, you haven't leaned forward to see how he is. <laughs> he was right there, there on the floor. Just I, Honestly, I genuinely thought he was dead. I thought that he's dead, because he was just... Because that's what you should do. If, if, you see, if somebody just appears to be dead, you should just sit... <laughs> and stare at them and then work out how this affects your day. <laughs> that should people. be your first instinct. Not just unclip and just, just like, you know, like just touch them on the side of the neck and see if there's blood pumping or find a place or, or push, you know, even in a, in, <laughs> just in a desultory kind of a... Uh, <laughs> right. You know, just kind of a, you know, I'm not saying that you should have gone clear like, yeah. and, and ripped open his chest and then pumped hard. Don't you die on me, bitch. <laughs> You should have. You've never given up anything in your life. <laughs> Slapping him furiously. Right. The stewards uh, were were on him straight away. They were straight on him. Fucking everything. Wallace watch everything. Was, the okay. good point. The good thing about going there was they were the stewards right there. That was the problem with sitting in that seat because every time they came through the curtain, they'd hit me. So yes, I was trying to yeah, sleep. Yeah. And every t- and then a bit later in the flight. Uh, if I felt like I might have been in some kind of candid camera thing. A bit later to the flight, they opened... It was videos on the plane. That's how bad a plane it was. They were videos on the plane, which slightly scared me, because I thought, if this plane is still so old that they're using videos, right. that this is quite scary. But the, the guy opened the thing, and the video, he dropped the video onto my computer. So I was, I was like, it was like I was a Fuck. magnet for disaster. <laughs> what happened to the guy who may have died? <laughs> <laughs> What? I think well, you're missing really the point. Feeling your pain my, here. That my the, computer. The, I'm sorry that the <laughs> the tracking on your movie was subpar. But, but did you alert to the stewards this? Because there's a, there's a brief pause. Because you have to do five presses, then you pause. Would that have been the right time to go? Um, this video is quite uh, fuzzy and difficult to follow. Sorry, doing the five. Uh, and I'll let you come back to me like that. Did he wake up? He was all right, yeah, he perked up. He perked up, did he? <laughs> oh, 
noise there. That was a, that was a funny they, moment. They lifted his legs up above his. So they lifted his legs up. He, he went. I mean, he was so lucky because he he just fell. I mean, he just collapsed. If he yeah. hit the armrest, he would. I think that would have killed him because he would, if, his, if his head had hit it. Yes. But he hit my knee instead, which was luckily quite. You're, yeah, upholstered. you're stuffed. Yes, <laughs> you're fat and hot. You're knee. So he hit well, he your, your boneless knee. Right? <laughs> you're, you're lacking in all internal structure. Knee. Bounced off this, yeah. right? Was cushioned by it, yeah. slid down the slid rest of your leg, the and then got perked up. By, was given the tickles by they the. Li- they lifted his legs up. They lifted his legs up. That's yeah. fantastic. They stretched him. Yeah. Uh, so he actually woke up going, I'm, "I'm fine," and my, you know, my Achilles was <laughs> at the back of your leg. Sorry, the, I can't forget. Forgotten the, the ones you stretched at the back of your yeah. leg. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, so you can make it better in many ways. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well then. And then they sort out your fucking video problem once they yeah, saved they the They dropped out. a video case onto... It was actually onto David Baddiel's computer. I'm sorry. That's more serious. That's even worse. <laughs> Could have written a bit, he was probably going to be a novel at that and stage. As David well. Baddiel's computer had quite a lot of... Uh, effluent on it. <laughs> he, he made me read his script. He'd written a script and he said, will you read my script? And then he handed me the computer and there's quite a lot of... I think it was food. But <laughs> Why does he spit food as he writes, guess, is he? Yeah. And did you... Did you and then wipe I didn't want to feel embarrassed. Though, you know, I didn't want to say anything, so yeah. I thought I'd wait till I was doing a podcast. <laughs> You know what he's like, though, David Baddiel, as well. He scans on me. You think he's like, it's always wanking. It's always wanking. It's like streaks. Just like everything while I was disgusting. Don't open the window. (laughs) So that's what we know about him. And you like doing stuff for charity, because you have also, especially if it's in um, a tube-shaped method of transport, you've also been in a canoe on the Zambezi. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was drinking that point, sorry. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. That's, that's got broadcasting enough going on about that. The, uh, the weird thing about it, not the, all the events that occurred on it, uh, was that one of the things, it was for two quite noble causes. One was, um, there was one about uh, vaccinations, um, uh, greater vaccinations for people in Africa, and there was one about schools and getting more people to go to schools. So we had to record. I wasn't the one chosen to go and walk with them for two hours in the morning and have the full experience, right? It very quickly emerges in something like Comic Relief that you're either the kind of person who will do what they need you to do, right, and this isn't meant in a cynical way, but you're the kind of person who is, will emote publicly and give and be that steer for the viewers at home in terms of, oh my God, their actions, or you're a fucking cynical old prick like me, right, <laughs> who, you know, good, let's get you almost dying clinging to a fucking tree, but we know you're not going to cry, right, because they kept asking questions about, how has this changed the way you feel about your children, and you go, it hasn't changed the way I feel about, like, I was relatively fond of them beforehand, and I remain so. Right. Uh, at one stage, the woman asked, and this is her job to ask these kind of questions, right? Okay, uh, you know, and what a, you know, how's this changed the way you feel about the work of, or what have you learned about the work of comic relief, uh, or, or the situation here in Africa? I would say it was more what you mean the situation here in Africa. I said, well, I've not learned anything because I've been watching comic relief for twenty four years, so I wasn't unaware. And from like, I'm a forty one year old man, I'm not going, oh my god, there's so much poverty in this part of the third world. It's been such an eye opener for me. No, you fucking brought cancelled every two years I'm, I'm fucking, I've been paying attention surely I should be praised for having paid attention this and there and not arrived over and go what the fuck is this about uh, I can't get Wi-Fi and my my picture is fuzzy are you using video what kind of animals are you for God this is appalling How we can't let this carry on right so there's a lot of that and so add to the fact that I'm not naturally an emoter right uh, 
I also had to tell you, okay, that what we're dealing with was a long-term developmental goal, right? We're going to put school, more schools, work with the local for there to be more schools so they don't have to walk for fucking two hours a day or three hours a day and, the day, and their school day isn't like literally 14 hours long, right? And that's a great thing and it's a great thing for the economic development of a place like Zambia. Fabulous. But it's very difficult to sell that while there's a load of the kids who are left behind in the village running around like the most gorgeous, healthy, delighted children you've ever seen in your life and going, these children soon will be able to go to school for the entire day. And a small child kicking a ball around, thrilled. And you kind of go, do you want me to sit down and tell the poor guy? Hey, good news, because we have arrived over all of this. All this fun is now going to end. None of this happen again. Soon you can grind away at the chalk face for 40 years. And in the long run, that'll be a good thing. Aren't you happy about that? Aren't you thrilled just to see their little faces fall at the dark? Come on. It was thrilled with the vaccinations and all that. But really, I'm quite happy hanging out with me ma in the village for the entire day. And now i got to walk. Oh, thanks. Only half an hour. Oh, you're a legend. Uh, Oh, great. Oh, I love what you're doing, man. Thanks for canoeing, right, you fat prick. You're fucking wheezing your way down the river, patting yourself, managing to move canoe and pat yourself on the back in the one motion, right? Well, the bit that was really shattered, there's two of us per boat going down these things, right? Canoeing our way down, right? And going, oh my God, this has been really difficult. We've done eight hours of this, like whatever. And every so often ahead of us, right, they put a boat, right, with all of the luggage and camping gear and camera stuff and all that tied up. And one bloke, one local guy rowing that ahead of us, right? <laughs> Casey glancing over his shoulder at us as we go, oh, what I do for charity is incredible. The amount of effort I'm putting into this like, and the guy's going, would you fucking hurry up? Uh, seriously, would you get a move on? Right? At this, like, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was idyllic. Yeah, it was lovely. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> You hurt your leg doing it. I did. I, I did. I, I scraped my leg off the bottom of a river because I fell out of the boat. There was a ra- there was a set of rapids that were too fast for us technically, uh, and the and we had a big disaster when we, and, and a lot of us went into the water and we got trapped in a tree. Genuinely could have died. Right? Genuinely, we got trapped in a tree and we had to find ourselves a way out of it. Like, and I ended up clinging to a tree for forty minutes. Right? right. And I'll be honest, the edit was a bit. Fat Dara hasn't done enough training for this, has he? Right? Okay. <laughs> As opposed to Dara's out of the water, but he spots a tree and he's going to swim to it and then he's going to stand there holding onto the tree because it gives him some measure of control. But that, you know, they need a kind of a narrative. I get it. I get it. It's quite broad strokes. Oh, but Dara's lost control of the boat. Yeah, fuckers, they all did, right? Uh, listen, it, it, was, it was grand. But there was, there, was, there was a point where you're clinging to a tree in the middle of Zambia going... Yeah, this is this is this is possibly very dangerous, but I'm gonna but we'll probably get a really huge surge in, in donations uh when the work is out that I'm I died. Even uh, if you were dead, in a way it was selfish of you to, to survive. Live. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought I'd like that. I never thought how greedy I was not to have <laughs> simply also the thing is there, there could have been a moment where because we had head cameras on, uh and we you know, the little GoPro type things and they were recording all of this stuff. So you got a very kind of point you know, first person point of view of it. Right? Uh, and there could have been a really good shot of my hands just failing to hold on anymore and then just slipping away and being spit off the water but it had stopped recording and it would be really irritating if I died off camera that would have been the most irritating thing in the world so. it would be good if you died but they kept it secret until the show was on so it would be like a real it would be a real surprise it for the viewers if they revealed Fuck, he on died. the night yeah. they revealed, of course there's only five of you here why is that Jack D well Dara died on day two but we kept it 
like some sort of weekend at Bernie's thing. They have me strapped up in the boat. <laughs> oh, Dora seems to be enjoying the rappers. <laughs> Same as the guy on the plane, it'd be very irritating. All the other celebrities would have had to go straight home if you were dead. Well, so they would be much better. Well, it was only for a while, but then, you know, when Dara died, suddenly it became <laughs> we had one sixth fewer rowers, uh, and, and, we, and now we had a corpse to bring around, so actually it's been really, really difficult. Eventually, we had to give it to the guy with the luggage bag, uh, and we strapped him to the top of that boat, and he happily rowed it all the way down to the Victoria Falls. Yeah. <laughs> so I better ask you some emergency questions, so people will be upset. We're having a good time without them, but, you know, let's ruin that. Uh, young Ben Evans usually uh, writes some questions, but he hasn't bothered today. This is, this is how old is he? He's like eleven years old. He's, He's a lazy old. cunt. But, uh, uh, but, I, he, but he knew who was coming on. He knew both. Well, he was. Yeah. T- he was always told. Sometimes he's not clear on who the people are. But it's today okay. you say no. These are the two names. Oh, yeah, no, I know. Then, no, no, no. They're both the work. Any questions? No, no interest no. in writing any questions. No, no. They've never done that. Impinged on my life in any way. <laughs> so uh, I'll ask you my own ones. Okay. Uh, this is a slightly new. It's a, this is a newish one. That's come from an old one. Uh, would you rather have a tit that dispensed talcum powder, <laughs> so it would actually be a boob, but every time you squeezed it, talcum would you powder would with a tiny little cloud, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it would be limitless. You could have as much as you wanted. Yeah, every, every time it was touched, some would come out. Or, you to, I mean, obviously, you don't want every time somebody pushed up against it on the tube, like that would happen. Like, that would happen. It's a one for ice creams at the beach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a wonderful gift to have that, but there has to be a downside to it. It can't all be good. So, okay. All right, you're right. So you have to balance this dark up. Dark and shade, I guess. Yep. Okay. So. Or a finger that can travel through time, but just, <laughs> just your finger, so you. <laughs> you could do, you know, you could, and you. It would still be attached to you, but the rest of you couldn't come through, so you'd be able to. You might be able to, I think you might just be able to see through the wormhole to see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't uh, just be a randomly, uh, like, like, <laughs> like, like one of those games on Game for a Laugh where you put your hand into the darkened box and you don't know what you're touching. Yeah. Just your finger would go back an era or so and then you go, oh, it's moist. Uh, or it's, or it's, 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 you know, uh, kind of, you know, it's like, a, oh, is, 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 is it a turtle's back? Is it, uh, you know, is it a snake? Well, oh, yeah, you don't know. No. You would know, you, I think you'd better choose the exact coordinates so you could, it very Specific, you could go up any orifice you wanted. I'm not, uh, yeah, I, or, I wasn't necessarily, I just mean, no. that, you know, that it'd be a lake or something. I didn't yeah. necessarily mean, as we say in Ireland, a ghee. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, sorry, the, uh, that's a word that we should popularise in this country, <laughs> by the way. Uh, but there is a, uh, yeah, so, so I can see, like in Avengers Assemble, like yeah. the, it would, like, I'd see the gap and I could reach in just you could reach my in finger. And you could j- just your finger, so you wouldn't, and it would ha- still be attached to your hand, so it couldn't be like the finger couldn't go flying around. Yeah, do loads of stuff. I get it. Your fingers are quite much longer than mine. Those big, big hands. Imagine those all over you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you could get a bit. Further. My finger's very short. So, but you know, I you could dial in a phone number. I could, yeah. 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 Well, that's good we, we're going back a long way here, yeah. aren't we? Uh, <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I pump one of those field kind of uh, telephones? Yes. The, uh, but hang on, how, how would I speak? The phone would <laughs> ring. And then, whoever had it, you could... Just hear, hello? Hello? Dara, is that, is that your finger dialing me from the future again? <laughs> You've hit Lewis on the phone, so you could go and ring a different number than he was expecting, and he would get through to... You know, somewhere that's else. Not, that's, not, that's not. 
So hang on, so hang on, that's not how phones work. Uh, I would s- I could go back to a telephone exchange from the 1930s and I could redirect, I could pull the thing out and put it to like to like a counselling service of some description. And Hitler, as he's about to announce his huge plan, would have somebody going, you sure you want to go through with this? And Hitler would go, I don't know, no one's ever, no one's ever questioned it before. And say, well, I just don't think you've thought it through. And then it could... Why don't I just pull a trigger and yeah. shoot Hitler? Right? Why is the, if I got my finger there, I could just reach in behind like, one of his security things. And then, and then you could do that. And disappear down my world and hold space. That's clearly better than a I've just given you some dispensing examples. talcum powder. Is it? Oh, but it's, got, uh, it's a finger of infinite possibilities. Come on. Imagine it. <laughs> but, that's, but that's all it does, right? Whereas with the finger, yeah. I could go back and I could change the Ocado order to include talcum powder. <laughs> I could go back to last week's online shop and then, oh, we have talcum How did that come? Because I've changed time itself. And now we have as much talcum powder as we need. All right, right. so we want in and out. <laughs> the possibilities uh, are endless. <laughs> If, if you're having, if you're being intimate with somebody, right? Yeah. If you're being intimate with somebody, and they go, "This is okay," and then they go, "Hang on, what's that? What are you doing? What, what are you doing?" And I said, "I don't know. I haven't decided to do it yet. Are you enjoying it? If you like it, I'll definitely do it. Okay, I'm doing it. Oh, that actually wraps around itself perfectly. There's no time paradox there at all when you're fingering an anonymous person. Well, also, yeah, that's great. But you have to think about if you go back in time and change something, will that change the whole universe? And then. Yeah, you, you, you might always, not exist. You, it branches off. So yeah. it'll change the, it won't change the timeline you're in, my friend. The multiverse, okay. it'll go off, it'll be fine. Okay, as long yeah. as you're confident about I'm that. I'm confident about that. Yeah. I'm pretty this isn't a looper where we just skim over the science here. <laughs> this is properly thought out. I'm right? pretty certain if you travelled in time that it's already happened and therefore it would already be there. You can't change anything, so you can't go back and heal because you haven't, it hasn't happened. There so is an inequality that says you're going to travel forward in time. Well, that's, well I'm doing that at the moment. Well, well, do. We're all doing that, yeah. to a certain extent, Richard. I'm sorry, you're absolutely right. Yes, yes, yes. But your finger could only go forward in time. That's not as good, is it? That's not as good, no. See, now, now the tit with the talcum powder is back in play. I right? think you can... Because your finger just randomly started appearing everywhere. You know, <laughs> Fuck me, all that, that time I did that. Yeah. I think you can go back, but if you, if you have gone back, you've already done stuff. Because people say, oh, you go back and kill Hitler, but, but it's quite hard to kill Hitler. Like, loads of people tried to kill him who couldn't travel in time, who were there, and they I, didn't kill him. So it's not like going, oh, I go back and kill Hitler. I it would, think when people say, do that. Well, I'm going to go back and kill Hitler, they mean like when he was like nine or something. They but don't he, mean, they I'm going to go back and hard. kill Hitler when he's surrounded by SS <laughs> troops, right? So I, I'm gonna, I've got this one card I can play, which is time travel, yeah. and I'm going to fuck that up entirely by picking him. I'm going to find, I'm going to place him outside of Berlin, right, in 1943. That's the ideal time to take on it. No, when he's like just. I don't sperm. think you'd be able to do it. So you'd go back, and then you'd have the gun, and there'd be the nine-year-old hitting you going, "Why, why are you doing this to me? I'm just drawing a picture. I'm, you, I can't." Can't do, well, he didn't because he didn't, didn't get killed, so you didn't do it. So if you do go back, so and try did and my pop. finger go back with the gun that was? I don't have the finger. The gun got there, right? And then my finger had second thoughts, <laughs> yeah. right? And the figures that I can't do it, I and can't. I'm reasoning with my finger, going, "Think of the many lives you'll save <laughs> for the sake of this one small boy that you're going to shoot in the head with this gun, right?" Yeah. And my finger couldn't do it. No. Oh, bad 
finger. Uh, I'm so <laughs> much more in favour. But That's... then I reached my tit out and puffed him in the face <laughs> repeatedly with talk about That can't it. go through time, Dara. You're, you're bending the rules now. <laughs> Um, I'll ask you another question. I think I have to ask you this one because it's just interesting and yeah. a logistical point of view. We have talked quite a lot about penises. But have you ever tried to suck your own cock? Of course or I've never. Cheer, or cheer yes, because that is a standard, the standard question. <laughs> it is a standard question. question. Yes, yeah. The of course not is the obvious answer. I've never have done that. And yet, <laughs> there is a sense memory uh, <laughs> that, that something, you know, I, for some reason it doesn't feel unfamiliar to me as a concept. Right, so yeah. that, that something has happened, but I buried it deep, deep down. I, I must have attempted, I mu- you know, yeah. I'm clearly, you know, the worst, the, 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 the tantalising reality is you get older, you get less limber anyway. So it moves further. So even if you did realise, my God, I would really like to do that, you just haven't the bendiness in you to, no. to get it done. Which is the worst of it. The yeah. thing with you is you have so many fans wanting to do it for you anyway. What's the point? Why would I possibly even well, do that? When, yes. you can, when you've got people just queuing up to have it slapped in their face, why, why put it in your own? That's my question to you. I don't, I don't, I don't think people are literally queuing up to get that done. <laughs> I think that's overstating somebody on an anonymous Tumblr uh, being quite dark. Like, whatever. Literally, there isn't at all times like one of those poles and a velvet rope and a line of people... <laughs> Two or three back checking their watches, going, Am I going to get a chance to do this because I got to get out of here? I've only got an hour for lunch, right? So, are you planning to be locked? Can I just go forward, get one thwack, uh, and then get out of here? Because, you know, you know. I think there are a lot of people. So, I, I'm interested, I don't really watch this program, so I don't know much about it, but you are in it. Uh, and uh, I'm just kind of in the Three Men in a Boat program yeah. you do with uh, John, Rory, yeah, Rory no, McGrath. They're no longer doing them anymore. Rory, Rory and, and Griff Rhys Jones. Yep. Did, uh, How did that start up as an idea? Who was, what was, why was the decision to put the three of you? Was it just someone said, was we need three natural. men? Oh, they're three men. They're two. Or was there, was there any reason why the three of you were put together? That is, that's, that's how these things get made. But you, is, that, you weren't really no, it, it, wasn't it wasn't originally... The only actually vague bit true about that is it was, uh, it was be Bill Bailey instead of Griffiths Jones. All right. um, that would have been better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> except that Griff actually owns a boat uh, and it would have been a very short and very uneventful trip. Uh, so uh, it would have been Bill. But Bill, I think, was uh, for family reasons, couldn't do it. So Griff uh, came in at the last reason because he had a boat. Uh, and, and, and then the magic was made. Uh, and it's weird. I think as we did, we, we, the first thing we did was like 2004, and it was really irritating me because it was, uh, it was these middle aged men on their jaunt. I was 33 at the time. And really, I, was on, I wasn't even married, I had no children. These guys had kids. They, all, all the conversation was about, oh, well, such and such is just finishing his degree here. And then they're going, I am not of a generation. I watched your stuff when I was a kid, and yet I am bundled in with you for this. Like, but oh, look at those oh, menopausal men seeking some return to their youth. I'm fucking 33. Uh, sorry. So, yeah, it was, but it was, it was very enjoyable. It was a very, very silly shows. The, uh, you know, you'd enjoy them. They were very relaxing oh, well, Sunday afternoon. Were you ever worried Rory McGrath was going to have a, you know, little pop at you? Uh, so, <laughs> this is all before that. Uh, so, yeah. He's lovely, Rory. He is actually lovely, yeah. yeah. He is, yeah. He's a genuinely lovely man. Yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't have a few drinks. No, sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. I'm, a, I'm an evil man. Oh, this one is this true that your the actual your ridiculous name, which is every time I write your name, I have to. Sorry, is, that's 
racially insensitive. A little bit. Uh, yeah, but, a little bit uh, culturally it's, awkward. Yeah, it's a ridiculous name. name. Yeah. O'Brien. O'Brien. It's, the, it's just the, it's the original form of O'Brien. It's yeah. not so random or strange that... According to uh, Wikipedia... Oh, oh well. Yeah, your your dad just ch- changed the spelling. They were called O'Brien. And yeah, then he changed... changed it to the Irish, original Irish spelling. He didn't just randomly pick these letters. Well, then uh, I, that means I can just change my, yes, my name could. to I, the original you... Viking, Haring. Then do. I don't want uh, to. <laughs> can't okay, go back. Uh, can't go, no, now I'm all Viking again. Can't do okay, that. Okay, but you can go, I'm more Irish. <laughs> there is a Viking nation. The, uh, if, if you wanted to, I wouldn't hold it against you. I the, do hold it against you. Richard Harding. <laughs> really? Is it a, a Viking I think name? it's a Viking name, yeah. That's yeah. what I've, I've, you know, I haven't really researched it that far. No, clearly someone just not. Said, someone just said, I think that's a Viking name. So sure that's not just cool. an old fisherman's name? <laughs> and like, and I'm not being silly, but is that not an obvious derivation of your name? Like more Smith of... used to be a blacksmith. Herring probably sold herring at uh, a market. Very poor personal hygiene, I think, was... Uh... <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Harding. Yeah. Sorry, can I... So, it's, no, so yes, it's the Irish language form. So, of my ridiculous name, it's the Irish language But it's form. difficult right. to spell, because it's oh, got... Oh, uh, Wuzum, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that. I'll change my name to Duh. Uh, just the letter D, and maybe can I have another letter? Or is that making it more complex? I uh, what, can I what I would do is put a T in the middle of it, so it's Dara O'Britain. Oh. And then... Uh, yeah. Let's see how you like your ancient Irish... <laughs> what the dark burden of history? <laughs> yes, uh, you've done very, very well. Not to mention it. But, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I won't mind. There's another slightly controversial subject there that yeah, I won't go, on, go, on, won't go, go on. into now. I, f- I feel like I've upset. Uh, no, the, go on. But, it's not um, controversial. It's a diff- look, so, uh, well, people, would, people in Ireland can't spell the name either. No. Yeah. Well, you got the. I've, I've been picketed in my shows for being uh, for having religious content and uh, yeah. anti-religious content. You've been picketed about greyhounds. Yes. In your, in your show, owned a greyhound briefly. A group yeah. of us in Dublin, and then we featured a greyhound on Three Men on a Boat. And then a lot of people involved in greyhounds get very sorry. A lot of people campaign against greyhounds because they regard it as a very cruel industry, which it actually may, may well be. But we were kind of just having a nice time with it. And it was a lovely <laughs> dog, right? Okay. But then people would turn up. At, there was a particular tour that for the, every time I played, particularly actually in there was a circle of northern venues, people would turn up with greyhounds at right. the backstage. Not like lots of them. It wasn't like they turned hundreds up with of greyhounds. With greyhounds. Well, well that's one, cruel to the greyhounds. No, it's just a, it's a late night. Maybe <laughs> I don't think it's that so great. The greyhound didn't have to sit through the show. Right? It wasn't like, the guy's dozing off, going, I'm really not into this, I'm more of a sketch man. What are we doing? What's he talking about now, right? But they, but they would turn him out with the greyhound. And it was actually kind of like, because they'd be like, angry, 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 angry. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, I'm just stroking the dog, and the dog and I are getting on great. Uh, and going, it's a lovely dog. Angry, 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 you should come out, and you should contend. And I went, I'm not doing that. Uh, and it's gone. But yeah, but as it turns out, we don't, we're not heavily involved in it anymore. No. One of the things that was almost a scandal, but didn't, right. yeah, uh, ended up being one. They, uh, so yeah, but it's, yes, I did get people. You get what? Do you? Oh, you do. You well, the price of the bike about five places, and Glasgow was the the, mo- the worst one actually, where there was about forty people from quite an unpleasant uh, uh, church of. Well, yeah. it is. It's quite. It's just an anti-gay, anti. You know, it's okay, all that sort yeah, yeah. Well, of really extreme. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember what they're called now, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't give them the oxygen to publish the evening, but there was loads of them out there. But I went out to meet them all because I thought, oh, this would be a good DVD yeah. extra. So I went out with my, a little <laughs> <laughs> and talked to them all. But then it kind of got quite heated, but it was all right. The other ones were in kind of East Anglia where everyone was much more reasonable. Uh, in fact, um, a Paisley's son 
uh, runs Kyle Paisley runs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, runs a church in uh, Lowestoft or somewhere and they all came out and I just had a, quite a nice chat and an old lady gave me a kiss which was the most action I got on that tour. Uh, and, but it was like, you know, it's going to come and well, why don't you come, please come in and see the show and then we can discuss whether it is anti-Jesus or not. And we don't need to see the show yeah, yeah, yeah. to know we hate it. A lot of people get very angry about that stuff. I don't need to see this. There's a famous quote yeah. by I don't need to see pornography to know what it is, right? Uh, and you say, no, you should come in. But actually, you know well, they would, of course they would have fucking hated the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, you go, no, you must, you, you cannot judge until, but they pretty accurately prejudged. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's no element of them suddenly going, oh, wait, this is actually pro Christ. <laughs> this show has. Ch- You're absolutely right. I'm sorry. I completely misread the press release. This show is one of the most profoundly religious shows that I've ever seen. No, of course they're right. They would have hated it every second of it, right? So it's why taunt them by going, no, come into the show. You don't know it. I get, I occasionally get people given out because I do jokes about Christians and I don't do jokes about Muslims. Right, yeah. yes, and I had a routine about we all get this I think we yeah. all get something the, uh, and I had a routine about it going the reason the reason I'm joking Muslims is because A I don't know a fucking thing about Muslims and I pointed out going B neither do you right? <laughs> uh, and it was it's a fairly, I know it's a fairly accurate observation that we don't have the same cultural knowledge of it that we yeah. do about Christianity right and we went, it wasn't basically thumped into us like it was for me for my entire school career and all of my bringing up so therefore I know every bit of minutiae about the fucking thing and they're very commonly known that's why it's pointed. You get two weird responses to that. First is, well, you should learn something. And you're going, no, that doesn't... Then I would know minutiae about the Muslim faith, but the audience still wouldn't. <laughs> so it's fucking pointless going on about it. Then you're just fucking just banging on about stuff you know and they don't, right? And then people are going, well, because you're not brave enough. And then you're going, how weird is that? That you need me. You're desperate for me to write you anti-Muslim material. <laughs> how fucked up is that? That is your one desire. That rather than me talking about my own upbringing, essentially, in the culture I'm in, you really broke livid that I won't give you some anti-Muslim joke to do, right, at stage. And I find that really fucked up as yeah. an attitude. Yeah. And, you know, the Christians have quite a good record of being quite unpleasant as well. Yeah, Especially historically, yeah, yeah. I got death threats over you know from from Christians about this about the show they hadn't seen. So that it's not like it's not that you're you're not scared to do it. It is that you you don't know enough about it. But you know, uh, you know if I, they would have been happy the, if I'd been killed. Culture, it doesn't have the cultural resonance, and it's no. one of the things that people go on about. Oh, Sharia law, huh? and all that. Like we know a fucking thing. <laughs> like it has any genuine cultural heft in this country. People going on about the creep. This creep. No, it doesn't. We do. Pray five times a day. There'll be literally the extent of it. Pray five times a day in a certain direction. You know, it's called the Quran, and and the name of the and they know the name of the Prophet, baby, and that's it. I even heard a fact about how they have a different calendar because obviously uh, Muhammad was, it was a different time to Jesus, right? And even that you have to fucking explain to an audience, and they go, "Oh yeah, I suppose so." Right? Uh, kind of go, "Yeah, this is why you can't fucking go and do a specific." I think the, the example I had was uh, you can't walk on stage and go, "Oh, what's up with the what's up with the Muslims? That big golden horse that comes over the hill every year and gives the kids presents. What the fuck is that all about?" Right? Uh, as a hypothetical. And then the other hypothetical was, was any Muslim I was going, "What fucking golden horse?" Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Anyway, so yeah, that got irritating. That gets yeah. irritating, that. Yeah. I had a guy who, who kept setting up other Twitter accounts to ins- abuse me, and I'd block <laughs> them off, and they'd come back again yeah. and abuse me, like just, yeah. That was an afternoon. Anyway, go on. Sorry about that, it was me. Uh, I was on The Apprentice You're Fired for one episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not gonna have, you're going to have me back? I'd happily have you back. I thought you were great. <laughs> I thought you figured I don't book the show. I didn't know there was an issue. I didn't know you were sitting there waiting for the phone to ring. I'm sorry. I thought I did well. The executive producer gave me a lift home. I thought, oh, that's that's creepy. (laughs) 
Is that why and they roll get... down the window when you're at the bus stop and go, this is nice, the car's dry, dry and warm. Come in. Come on. You want to go on the show again, don't you? Yeah, you want to go on the show. Come on, get in here. Get into the car. Yeah. If, if you meet the Apprentice uh, contestants now, can you, do you remember them all? <laughs> Have you ever bumped into them going, hey, no, it's me? And they go, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. it's been quite a lot, hasn't it? And, and, and the whole eight, oh, you never believe what I'm doing now. And <laughs> you're kind of going, shit, shit, what you're doing now. To be honest, tell me, tell me, and I'll nod and smile. I have a fucking. And you kind of want to go, you're lovely people. And some of them are very genuinely very nice, but generally, in totality, you know, you could 16 and pass through the doors, and another series, another 16. I have a glass of scotch and a shower, and I never fucking think about them again. Uh, <laughs> way to view it, right? Except if I open Zoo, and one of them is in Zoo, and then you go, oh, don't do that. Uh, and I just get, that would make me profoundly sad when any of them do Zoo or not. Yeah. So that makes me depressed. Yeah, so anyway, but you still get zoo though. So you, you, you just buy it on the but off chance. Well, when it arrives, when the, when, the, when the postman delivers my zoo and nuts that I get delivered every week, yeah. and I tear open and I go, "Wait, no, this isn't a professional model. This is that woman I've met. I, I, I can't work with this. Uh, I've met this person. This is just pointless." Dear editor of Zoo or Nuts, do you think Alan Sugar? Um, he kind of tweets. Football scores sometimes. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. And you retweet it <laughs> out of context, it. but it makes no sense. Have you ever just had a word with him about why? He I have. I talk to him once or twice a year, yeah. and with kind of slightly, hey, how are you? Kind of like I, I don't go. Hey, do you know what's funny? Uh, <laughs> Sir Lord Alan Sugar, whatever Hold the title on. is at the moment. The uh, oh my lord, do we get to use the fly. Yeah, there's device? a date. It's really near you. It, it properly electrocutes people. So. <laughs> This could be Properly. worse than the Zambezi. Do you know what would be very handy? Oh. On that fucking plane to Armenia, if you had that. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd gone to the nice person and gone, OK, I know you're pressing and pushing and pressing and pushing, but I have just a thing, and then pulled out it's on the, the executioner fly swat. It's on the list of things you're not allowed to take on a plane. <laughs> I, mean, I guess if you put it in a tennis racket cover, yeah. it'd be quite, it would be quite a handy thing to take. I think that might get through airport security. They would just think that was a... A tennis racket, they yeah, would. Yeah. With a cover on. Yeah, with the executioner <laughs> written on it. <laughs> but if they opened up and had a look, it would be, it would be a yeah, problem. Yeah, but it's also half the size of a tennis racket. What <laughs> tournaments they think you're playing? <laughs> Could be a... Uh, it's for very good tennis players. See, I'm, you're, I'm right. Going, you're right. People like Murray, these just, kind of bluffers, have massive things, right? I don't need that. You don't need. You've you got sweet, your tiny sweet spot in the middle of that, like, ah. Did that electrocute you when you tapped no, it there? Because no, you've got to press that button at the same time. And you're not meant to put it near electronic equipment, so... Probably if I'd done it on my hand with my mic in my hand, I think that might have been the end. <laughs> if that had happened, I would have sat here and I would have reflected on the, how good the view was... And, I would have gone, what's this going to do for the rest of my day? Because I had a schedule to get to. So you have to we have to park this plane early just because you've died. You could interview uh, Ross for the second one. That would he'd be happy to do that. That would be nice. Got to keep it going. Well, we're going to have to finish, really, because uh, I'll ask you, uh, if you, do you have any unusual phobias? No, I don't okay. care. I have really natural fears of things that would kill me. Are you sure that you don't have an unusual phobia? Because often people say no, and then they suddenly go, oh! Yes, I'm afraid of cheese. <laughs> and it would be brilliant if you had something. Yeah, because there aren't any other, um, other, no, there are any other I, questions. But I don't. Um, number 13, I'm not particularly superstitious. Okay. No. I'm not have you ever seen a ghost? No. 
Mm. I have never seen. Have you? This will probably this will probably get us to the end. All right. Have you ever seen a Bigfoot? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you have, you think think there's an anecdote that'll that'll (laughs) that'll bring this baby home? You think that I've got to 20 years of a comedy career and never known the right time to tell the Bigfoot story? That I've been sitting talking to agents for years. Yeah, surely this is a show. And they go, no, we're just waiting for exactly the right moment to unleash this story, right? You've got the right, maybe wait till you've done a couple of years of science broadcasting, then suddenly on stargazing, stop the show and go, Brian Cox, that's all very interesting. But I want to talk tonight about the Bigfoot, right? <laughs> many of you, many of you science people would be very sceptical. I myself would have been very sceptical of it. But then there was that day I went walking in the Appalachian Mountains and something appeared. And no, no, it was no, it was not a bear. Don't tell me this was a bear on its two feet laughing at me. I don't think so. You think I'm sitting on a piece of gold like that yes. for just such an occasion <laughs> yeah, because, such as this? It'd be good if you were. It'd be handy, wouldn't it? <laughs> if only if I could produce now video, grainy video evidence that I for years have not had the confidence to present to people. But finally now, among friends, I feel this is... I I feel that I have the trust earned at this point in my career. How fabulous, how fucking David Icke-like would my descent be if this point of my career I suddenly started going, no, no, Jonathan Ross, I don't want to talk about my upcoming projects. Look again at the footage, right? And explain to me how that gate is the gate of an average Ursa Majoris Barnes, the brown bear, which is not even endemic to the region we're talking about, Jonathan. No, John, I will not move down the couch for Simon Cowell. This is important. We have been fed lies, sheeple. We have been fed lies about this. Take the wool from your eyes. They walk among us like BFGs. They are here at night. I am completely serious about this. <laughs> Don't go to a commercial break. I can I can edit this in such a way that it will now work. <laughs> so it's... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, big round for You have been listening to Rich Tarring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Rich Tarring, and my guest, Daro Breen. Music was by Pest. Thanks to Orange Mark at the British Comedy Guard. Thanks to Orange Mark at the British Comedy Guide, uh, all the staff at the Leicester Square Theatre, and Chris Evans. You know which one it is by now. It was produced by Dave Cribb and Ben Walker. It is a Fuzz Go Faster Stripe and Sky Potato production. If you have enjoyed listening to Rahelestapur, then there's lots of ways you can pay us back. You can either get the video podcasts at gofasterstripe.com where you can also buy all my DVDs and most of my books. Uh, anything like that would be a fantastic help. You can also get t-shirts of the show from richardherring.cottoncart.com. Uh, coming up as well are some we're all going to die dates. There's one in Peterborough on the 4th of November, which uh, you can find out about the tour at richtang.com slash W-A-G-T-D. Wagdada, wagdada. Uh, and I don't know, that's probably it for the moment. So thank you for listening. And 
Oh, yeah, we'll tell you what else we're doing. We're doing Meaning of Life, uh, which is a new show uh, for the internet uh, at the Leicester Square Theatre. The first recording is on November the 17th. It's only £10 to come along. So if you want to come along and watch that be recorded, that would be terrific. Thank you very much. See you later. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHarring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.